with me quickly to the book of Numbers, the ninth chapter, and uh, verse number 23. Verse number 23. <clears throat> and as I so often time tell you that um, when you get home, I would encourage you to read that chapter in its entirety. The ninth chapter of the book of Numbers deal with the preparation for the march of the children of Israel to the promised land. I don't know why for the last few weeks the Lord has just kind of kept me with the children of Israel. I don't know who need to hear it, but God is trying to say something to somebody. Amen. A few Sundays ago we talked about how Moses built an altar and named it Jehovah Nisi. And then last uh, Sunday we talked about what we talked about last Sunday? Anybody remember what I talked about last Sunday? Jehovah Nisi was last week. Oh, and I know one week I talked about the brook drying up or something about the water being bitter and all that. But uh, Numbers the ninth chapter, verse 23, simply says this, at the commandment of the Lord, they rested. Everybody say they rested. In the tents. And at the commandment of the Lord, they journeyed. They kept the charge of the Lord at the commandment of the Lord by the hand of Moses. You may take your seats. At the commandment of the Lord, they rested. At the commandment of the Lord, they journeyed. And they kept the charge of the Lord. I want to talk to you all from this subject matter, commandments of God, commandments of God. When you read this ninth chapter of the book of Numbers, the first thing that you will discover is the three of the greatest needs people have are the need of for deliverance, for guidance, and for a strong challenge. And why do we need deliverance? Somebody say, why do we need deliverance well because we are enslaved uh, by the enemies of this life uh, enemies such as cancer heart disease drugs alcohol immorality pornography sin greed anger malice death and of course the list goes on and on oftentimes tell every believer that as long as you live in this present world, you're going to constantly need to be delivered from something. And so in addition to deliverance, people need guidance throughout life as they confront the pitfalls and the enemies of this life. Decisions often must be made. Decisions that arouse a desire for some guidance that will tell us what to do. So, But not only do people need deliverance, not only do we need guidance, but we also need a strong challenge in order to give us fulfillment throughout life. Did you not know that people need a sense of purpose? They need a sense 
of meaning and significance throughout their life. They need to have a sense of satisfaction and fulfillment, a sense that they are accomplishing something in life, contributing to loved ones and to society. And so what is needed is, is a very special provision of God himself. Because how many of y'all know without God, we could do nothing. Without God, we would fail. Brother David said it well today that trying to do it on his own, he understood and he realized that deliverance would never come because you cannot do it on your own. Amen. And so therefore, because we cannot do it on our own, we need special provision of God because he wants to deliver us from the enslavements of this life. God wants to deliver us from sin and death to live eternally in the promised land of heaven. But this is not all. God wants to guide us in every decision and step that we take day by day. God wants us to have the security and uh, the assurance that we are making the right decisions and taking uh, the right steps throughout life. Um, you all know you got to live life one step at a time. I know somebody say one day at a time. No, we've gotten down now to the point Sister Kathy, we got to live this life one step at at a time. But, but, but whether you know it or not, this is not all. Because God, he wants to challenge us. He, God wants to challenge us. He wants to give us the greatest challenge that could possibly be given in life. God wants to extend a call to each and every one of us, a call to arise and completely follow him. For he has the greatest purpose, the most meaningful and significant call in all of life. And so when you really look at this ninth chapter of the book of Numbers, it deals with three special provisions of God. It deals with God's great deliverance. It deals with his guidance. It deals with his call to arise and uh, to follow him. You have to understand that, as I already stated, that the children of Israel, they are now on their way to the promised land. And so the Israelites traveled and they camped as God had guided them. How many of y'all know that when you follow God's guidance, you know you are where God wants you to be? You need to follow God's guidance because uh, uh, when you follow his guidance, and I'm going to talk to y'all for a few minutes, then guess what? That places us exactly where he desires for us to be, whether we're moving or staying in one place. You have to understand, if that's the place that God wants you, the best advice that I could give you today is follow 
the guidance of God. Because did you not know that all of us, we are physically somewhere right now. Amen. Physically, you're sitting in the greatest St. Luke Church. In about 30, 45 minutes, you're going to be sitting in your car, heading uh, to dinner somewhere. Physically, we are all somewhere. And so, you know what? Instead of praying, God, what do you want me to do next? I need y'all to hear this. Instead of praying, God, what do you want me to do next? Why don't you ask God, what do you want me to do while uh, I'm right here. Amen. We always looking for God to do something later on. No, God, what 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 do you want me to do right now? We're living in a day and a time now because this is 2020. Everybody talking about 2020 focus. I was listening to somebody the other day and said that God don't want to work on your right now. He want to work on your next decade your next 10 years. That, that, that's not biblical, uh, Sister Diane. Amen. We need to ask God, uh, what do you want me to do right now? Because you have to understand that direction from God uh, is not just for your next big move. He has a purpose in placing you right where you are right now. Whatever situation you find yourself in, it may not be the best of situations. You may not like where you are right now, but I need you to understand that if you are obedient to God and allow God to guide you, you are at the right place at the right time. How many of y'all know God can bless you right where you are? We're praying, God, bring me out. God, deliver me. God, set me free from this person and that person. God says, no, no, no. I can bless you right where you are. I don't know who I'm talking to, but God's saying right where you are right now, things are going to get better, but until they get better, God wants you to know that I'm still God and I'm still in control right where you are. You ought to look at your name and say, right where you are. Tell them you better listen. You better listen. You got to begin to understand God's purpose for your life by discovering what he wants you to do now. The reason why God haven't blessed, the reason why God hasn't really completely delivered, the reason why God hasn't completely healed is because some folk can't be thankful for right now. Yes, I need healing, but instead of you mumbering and complaining all the time, why don't you thank God that he woke you up this morning? Y'all ain't got to talk back here to me. Instead of always complaining about I don't have enough money to make ends meet. Well, first of all, let me help y'all. Ends are not supposed to meet. Come on here. I said two ends are not supposed to meet. And so instead of you uh, complaining and going off all day long, uh, why don't you thank God for what he has already provided uh, 
for you. Why don't you get the hallelujah anyhow uh, spirit down on uh, on the inside and be grateful and be thankful for what what God has already done uh, in your life. Understand God's purpose for your life by discovering what he wants you to do now. Don't work on next month. Don't work on next year. What does God want me to do right now? Because God says that in the midst of what you are going through, I'm still with you. I know the devil will try to convince us sometimes that God uh, have taken the journey or that God have left our presence, but the devil is uh, a liar. God is with you right now. The children of Israel had to learn that God uh, is present with his people, that he's always, uh, he's always present. God never leaves the side uh, of a person who truly believes uh, in him. God is always with us in an unbroken fellowship until we reach the promised land of heaven. His presence walk with us day by day. Somebody I need to encourage. God is walking with you day by day. Don't let the devil deceive you, make it you feel like don't nobody love you and I don't have nobody to talk to and I'm just all by myself. Somebody ought to say the devil is a liar because you are a believer. God walks with you day by day. He made a promise in his word. How many of y'all believe his word? He says, Lord, I am with you, what, always, even uh, until the ends of, uh, of the world. He said in the book of Genesis, and behold, I am, uh, I am with thee. I will keep thee in uh, all places, whether thou goest. And so God said, don't be fear. I'm with you no matter where you go. God says uh, that I am with you and I will bring thee again into this land. You know, I got revelation when I read that in other words, we have to learn how to take scripture and how to apply it to our lives right now. And, and guess what? God's word never changed. He promised them. He said that I'm with you wherever you go. Come on here. And then he says, I'm going to bring thee again into this land. In other words, what God was saying and what God is saying to us right now. In other words, he's saying, if I did it before, I'm able to do it again. I, I, somebody missed that. I said, God is saying, if I did it before, I'm able to do it again. So in other words, what are you saying, Pastor? In other words, God said, if I healed you before, I'm able to heal you again. If I made a way for you before, I'm able to make a way again. If I opened up a door for you before, I'm able to open up a door for you now. Somebody ought to shout hallelujah. 
I'll bring thee again into this land, for I will not leave thee. And then watch what he says, until, oh, thank you, Jesus, I have done that which I have spoken to thee of. In other words, God said, I got a word over your life. And hell and, 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 and the devil cannot stop. He said, I'm going to continue to perform it. And I'm not going to be through with you until I have completed everything that I said that I was going to do for you. We're not talking about Pastor Watkins making the promise. We're not talking about Ella Mason making the promise. We're talking about God himself who says, until I have done that which I have spoken, which meant that every word that God has spoken over your life. You need to understand that it shall come to pass. I don't care what you're experiencing right now. God says it shall. Uh, somebody need to catch that out of the air. God says that it shall come to pass. And just as he told Moses in the book of Exodus, he said to him, my presence, it shall go with thee. And he says, not only will my presence go with you, but I'm going to give you rest. And then St. Luke, let's be encouraged. Let's never be discouraged by who's not at church and who decides not to come to church. Amen. I got scripture to back that up because he made a promise that where two or three are gathered together in my name, he says, there I will be in, in the midst. And so while other folk is waiting on the numbers, I stop back here to tell you if I could just get two or three folk that can come to church in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And we can touch and agree upon the same thing God said I'm going to show up and how many of you all know that when God shows up burdens are lifted when God shows up the sick are healed when God shows up chains are broken when God shows up he'll break every feather you ought to tell the, you ought to tell your neighbor God is here right now and guess what whatever you need God's got it it's your fault if you leave here without it because you have his word and you have his promise. He says when you go out to battle against your enemies and how many of y'all know we got some enemies out there and he told them when you see horses and when you see chariots and people more than thou, he says be not afraid. Why? Because I am with you. Uh, he says I'm the one that brought you up out of the land of Egypt and if I'm able to bring you up from the land of Egypt God says I'm able to do exceedingly more abundantly than you can even ask or that you could even think for me to do for you right now you ought to tell somebody God is able God says I'm with you in the midst of your storm I'm with you in the midst of your battle that when 
you pass through the waters, I will be with thee. And when you go through the rivers, they're not going to overflow thee. The devil is a liar. He's trying to convince somebody that you're getting ready to go under, but you ought to declare, I'm not going under. I'm getting ready to go over. Oh, somebody, I wish I had some folk up in here that admit that I'm getting ready to go over. I'm not going under. I don't care what it look like. You may be in the lowest point of your life. Well, I got a word for you. I got a word for you. You not going under. You got to tell yourself, I'm getting ready to go over. And when you walk through the fire, you not going to even get burned. Somebody said it's been hot in the kitchen lately. But don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. You better take that fire because all fire is not for destruction. Because the same fire that'll burn a house down is the same fire that'll warm you up. It's all God. To preach too hard here today. It's all about your perspective. It's all about how you look at life. He said, when you go through the fire, Ella Mason, he said, you're not going to be burned. And the and the flame, they won't even kindle upon thee. And so God says that I'm with you. And so the lesson they needed to learn was number one, that God was with them and that God was going to bring them out. Well, when you look at verse number 23, boy, I tell you, I could preach all day on this. Uh, but when you look at verse 23, at the commandment of the Lord, they rested in the tents. Uh, and at the commandment of the Lord, they journeyed. They kept the charge of the Lord. Uh, and at the commandment of the Lord, by the hand of Moses. The lessons in this one verse, uh, it involves three things. And that's what I want to deal with quickly. The first thing it deals with is the orders for man. There's an order that is put out. And then the second thing we'll notice is the obedience of man. And then the third thing that we'll look at is the overlooked by man. Don't miss it. We have the orders for man. We have uh, the obedience by man. And then we have uh, the overlooked by man. Well, look at the orders for man. One verse today is filled with orders for man. Three times, three times the phrase commandment of the Lord is found in our verse. And once the phrase charge of the Lord is found. And so this verse is about orders for the Israelites as they traveled through the desert. They were to have their lives filled with God's orders, just as our verse is filled with his orders. God wants to rule our life. I need somebody to understand. God wants to rule our lives. Amen. And you know what? He really should because we don't know what to do with our lives. You, 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 you think you know what to do with your life. That's why it's so messed up now. Oh, did I say that? 
That's why, that's why some of your lives, somebody say preach pastor, come on, that's why some of your lives are so messed up because, uh, because God, he wants to rule uh, uh, your life and when we try to rule our lives uh, uh, by ourselves, we make a real mess of things uh, in a hurry and that's why the Bible says, uh, trust in the Lord with all thine heart, lean not to thine own understanding, but here's a part I want you to get, but in all that ways, uh, you acknowledge God and he will do what? He will direct your path. Well, you know why you can't lean uh, to your own understanding? It's very simple because our hearts are deceitful. Our emotions, uh, they fluctuate. Y'all ain't got to talk to me. Some of y'all feel different than when you woke up this morning. You might have woke up feeling good and by the time you got in church, your emotions done got all messed up. How can you trust in your own understanding? Your emotions fluctuate. Our understanding does not see the overall uh, big picture. We're just looking at what's happening right now. But I'll stop by here to let somebody know God knows your ending from your beginning. And so how many of y'all know God never lies? Tell your neighbor God never lies. And God knows everything. God knows your uprising. God knows your downsetting. God knows when you go out. God knows when you come back in. God knows what some of y'all are thinking right now. Y'all ain't got to talk back here to me. Why? Because God knows everything. And so we need to let God so fill our life with his orders that every area of our life is ruled by God. God wants to rule every area of our lives. We used to sing a song, order my steps in your word, dear Lord. Lead me, guide me every day. Send your anointing, Father, I pray. Order my steps in your word. Please, and then that wasn't enough just to ask them. And then the women choir would say, please order my steps in your word. They said, humbly, I ask thee to teach me your will while you are working. Help me be still. Somebody need to ask God, God, help me to be still. Help me be still. Why? Because Satan is busy. Hallelujah. But God is real. Order my steps in your word. Please, God, order my steps in your word. And somebody need this next verse. He says, bridle my tongue. Let my words edify. Let the words of my mouth be acceptable in thy sight. Take charge of my faults both day and night. Please, God, order my steps in, in your word. And then they say, I want to walk worthy. Anybody in here want to walk worthy of your calling? 
They said, I want to walk worthy. Uh, my calling to fulfill. Please order my steps, Lord, and I'll do your blessed will. The world is ever changing, but you are still the same. Aren't you glad God is the same? He says, if you order my steps, guess what? I'll praise your name. How many of y'all know if you allow God to order your steps, you not God. You don't have a problem with praising him. Come on here. He says, order my steps in your word. Order my tongue in your word. Guide my feet in your word. Wash my heart in your word. Show me how to walk in your word. When I need a brand new song to sing, show me how to let your praises ring in your word. Anybody like the word? Anybody like the word? David said, thy word is a lamp unto my feet. It's a light unto my pathway. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Look at your name and say, get in the word. Get in the word. God will fix some stuff for you. Well, I'm going to go ahead and preach in the house. I said, God will fix some stuff for you if you get in the word. Stop trying to be so smart and figure stuff out on your own. I dare you to get into the word of God. When you get into the word of God, God will show you yourself. You, you, you discover that, that God's word is like a mirror. And when you get in the word, God will reveal what's wrong with you while you're trying to reveal what's wrong with everybody else. I stop by here to tell you it ain't everybody else. You need to get into the word and allow God's word to search your heart, search your motive, search your God. And if you find anything, that shouldn't be God take it out of me according uh, according to your word we live I'm stuck now we living in a day folk don't want the word but I tell you what uh, people that, that even the Bible say in the last days people gonna have itching ears sister Pat they want to hear what they want to hear the devil is a liar God's word comes to convict God's word it comes to burn up everything not like God God's word is a hammer it comes to break up everything not like God God's word is to show you your shortcoming God's word to set you free and how many of y'all know who the son set free you're free indeed now of course that don't appeal to some of y'all because you want to run your own life you want to do it you want to do your own thing. In fact, at your funeral, you want us to play I did it my way. You keep on doing it your way. But I stop by to tell you when you do it your own way, you looking for a disaster. Come on here. And so the commandment of the Lord, they had the commandments. Not, not only did they have the commandments, but look at the obedience. Look at the obedience. How many of y'all know obedience is always better than sacrifice? 
We're living in a day now. Folk don't want to obey nobody. I don't care who it is. People don't want to obey absolutely nobody. But obedience is always, uh, always better than sacrifice. Three times in this verse, uh, we have evidence of Israel's uh, obedience. Now, most of the time when we talk about the children of Israel, they always disobedient. Come on here. Am I right about it? I mean, all the time they are disobedient. Well, we find at least one time that the children of Israel are being obedient because notice something. The text says they rested. The text says they journeyed and they kept the charge of the Lord. And so in other words, Israel submitted to God's leadership and they followed the leading of the cloud. Now, even though, and you read this in the ninth chapter, even though they were in the midst of the willingness, God still took care of them. I stopped by to tell somebody in the midst of your desert, God still going to tell your neighbor, God's going to take care of you. Tell them stop fretting. Stop worrying. God's God's going to take care of you. God was so good, hallelujah, that he caused a cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. And as long as they followed the cloud, which represented the very presence of God, God was with them in their willingness journey. God ordered both their starts and their stops. Sometimes God will get you started and sometimes God will tell you it's time to stop. My God. Oh God, help me preach here now. Sometimes God, he'll tell us to stop. It would not always be a convenience for them to move when Moses told them to move. But I stop back here to let somebody know serving God is not a matter of convenience, but it's a matter of consecration to his will. I must say it again. Since when? Since when? Have serving God supposed to be a convenience for us? And if it ain't the way I want it to be, then no, thank you. I stop back here to let somebody know that salvation ain't about convenience. It's about not God consecrating yourself. It's about separating yourself. It's about purifying yourself. You're not in this thing for convenience, but you're in it because you've been consecrated. You've been sanctified. You've been set apart uh, for the masters. You Somebody say, preach the word here pastor Uh, and this is the way life is supposed to be lived obedience should be characterized by our conduct I'm going to say it again obedience ought to be characterized by our conduct watch a person's conduct and you can tell whether or not they're being obedient to the word of God if you mean and cantankerous and can't nobody get along with you you need to get back into the word of God because your obedience is characterized by your character and when it does we can expect divine blessings 
blessings just as Israel experienced divine blessings. When you align your life with the will of God, you can look for divine blessings. Now notice, notice, I'm putting the word divine in front of blessing. We don't live holy to get a new car. We don't live holy to get a new house. Y'all ain't gonna help me, but that's okay. We don't live holy to get a promotion on our job. God will give us, he'll give us divine blessings. What's a, well, 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 what's a divine blessing? A divine blessing is God to give you peace. That's a passive all understanding. Anybody got that peace? Anybody got peace with everything that you've been going through? God is just kind of, he just kind of calmed you down just a little bit. And God will give you peace in the midst of your storm. I'm talking about divine bless, divine blessings that after all I've been through, I still have joy. I still have my testimony. I still, anybody still have your song? That's divine blessings. You ain't cracked up. You haven't lost your mind. That Those are divine blessings. Divine blessings. You've increased in your faith. You started out with just a little bit of faith, but now you've gone beyond just that mustard seed faith. You got mountain moving faith now. You ready to challenge anything because you understand that faith is a substance of things what hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Listen, 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 listen. It is a command that we rest. Look at your name and say it is a command that you rest. Now let me help y'all before I move on. I'm almost finished. Uh, but let me help you. It's mighty funny when it come to rest. Everybody want to rest from church. Y'all ain't going to help me. Well, somebody ought to shout, the devil is a liar. Pastor, I won't be at church today. I need to rest. The devil is a liar. You rest from going to the SWAT meet. You rest. Y'all ain't talking to me. You don't call in on your job. Come on here and say, you know, supervisor, I won't be in today. I, I need to rest. Y'all, do y'all do that? No, you don't. And so resting is not resting from coming to church. Well, pastor, you said rest, so I'm just taking some time off. No. That ain't the kind of rest that we are referring to. But God has commanded us, say it's a commandment, it's a commandment for us to rest because we think of divine commandments. We generally think of action and not work. In other words, God's speaking to me, so there's got to be some kind of action. No, that's not, I'm trying to help y'all here today. God commands both. Sometimes God commands for action, and then other time God commands that we that we rest. We need a time of rest to recharge our batteries. Come on. That's what's wrong with some of y'all. You just need to rest. Come on. You just need to rest. You need to recharge. You need to, you, you, you need to regroup. You need, can I help somebody up in here? You wore out, and it ain't just the older folk no 
no more. Young folk need more rest than older folk do. I've never seen the like of so many young folk that's so tired and so and so restless, Ella Mason. When we were that age, we had all kind of energy. We were the energizing bunny. Now the bunny done got out of him and the energizing is gone. But Jesus said, you need to rest. And the reason we need to rest, because rest helps to recharge us. We live in an age of speed. Y'all know that. And unfortunately, this is rubbed off on most of our schedules. And we find ourselves engaged in an endless round of activities. From the time we get up until the time we go back to bed, we're just running. We're doing something. But even Jesus told his disciples, he said, come apart and rest a while. He said, y'all fellas been doing ministry and the crowds have been pressuring you. He said, what you need to do is just come apart separate yourself and let's rest you can do more when you have adequate rest periods then if you do not rest at all and guess what it's not it's not just uh, work alone that tires the body but responsibility and weight of it creates pressure come on and it saps your energy have you gone to bed early I don't know who I'm talking to but have you have you gone to bed early thinking you're going to get a good night rest only to discover when you wake up in the morning you're more tired than when you went to bed something. Something's wrong with that picture. Well, I'm going to tell you what's wrong with it. Even though you lay this body down to go to sleep, but your mind, your mind wouldn't go to sleep. You might have even snored. Come on here, somebody. You might have had to nudge that person and say, can you quit snoring? I can't get no sleep here tonight. But even though you're snoring, but if your mind is still going, and when you wake up in the morning, you are physically, you're physically tired anybody ever been there I need to talk I need to talk to some folk that's been there that went to bed early and uh, you felt that you slept a long time your Fitbit told you uh uh-huh come on here that you slept for 10 hours but when you woke up you felt like you only slept for 10 minutes well guess what you need rest look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor you need rest the bible said they journeyed the bible said uh, they kept a charge of god the bible said that they rested i start by here to let y'all know that that's one thing that's overlooked by man and woman is the fact we refuse to rest but somebody you come here to church you're tired you're worn out come on here you got a smile on your face but you're worn out how do i know you're worn out because you done dozed off already about 20 times while I've been up preaching. Y'all ain't going to talk to me. And it's something about when you come to church, the devil make you more tired than when you're sitting at home watching television. Come on, y'all. Come on, talk back here to me. Ain't it amazing we can watch a television show for three hours and never doze off? But when you come to church to hear the word of God, all of, all of a sudden, you know there's a sleepy spirit. And that's why you can't sit nobody next to nobody in church that have a sleepy spirit. Come on here somebody. You can't, you can't sit next to folk that have a talkative spirit because those spirits have a way of rubbing off. Well I stop back here to tell you all you need is some rest. Well I have the answer. Jesus said come unto me. 
all ye, all ye that labor. In other words, all of you that feel fatigue, all of you that work hard, all of you mm, that toil all day long. Jesus says, come unto me, all ye that labor and are a heavy laden. In other words, those of you that's carrying a load that seems to be heavy. Can I talk to somebody? Some of y'all carrying other people loads. It's not even, it's not even your own load, but you're just trying to help somebody else out. Well, Jesus said, you come to me also. Those that labor and you are heavy laden. In other words, you're overburdened. He said, I will give you rest. Tell your neighbor, God will give you rest. It, it, it's not how many hours you sleep physically that's going to give you rest. Well, can I help somebody? It ain't boarding a plane and going to Hawaii that you're going to find rest because I've watched a lot of y'all go on vacation and come back more wore out than when you first left because you're trying to find rest. Somebody say, preach, pastor. Y'all ain't going to hear me. See, that's because you're trying to find rest the way your little uh, finite mind can comprehend rest. But it's right here in the word of God. If you come unto me. Jesus said, I will give, I'll give you rest. In other words, I like the new translation of that. It says, are you tired? Ask your neighbor, are you tired? Don't answer him, don't answer him, don't answer him. Because uh, somebody going to say, you always tired. Don't answer him. Uh, it, it says, are you tired? Are you, are you worn out? Are you burned out? Jesus says, uh, he says, come to me get away with me. In other words, uh, he's saying all I want you to do is take a trip with me. Hallelujah. That trip can be early in the morning in the quietness of your own home. But Jesus said all I want you to do is, uh, is take a trip with me. Come on with me. He said and if you take a trip with me you're going to recover your life. And I stopped by here to tell somebody that that you need to recover your life because the devil come to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I come that you might have what life and that you might have it more abundantly. I stop by here to tell somebody Christ will give rest to the struggling and the despairing soul. He'll give rest to the empty and the lonely soul. No matter how how intense your struggle may be. Uh, no matter how empty and lonely you may feel. Uh, I stop by here to tell you nobody has gone too far uh, for Christ to inject you with his rest. Uh, that's what somebody need here today. Uh, you need to be injected with his rest. Uh, you ought to look towards heaven and say, Lord, uh, inject me with your rest. Uh, mm, 
He said, my presence is going to be with you. And I'm going to give you rest. I heard, I heard, I heard. I heard David say something in Psalms 46. He said, be still. Look at your name and say, be still. You've been in the rat race long enough. And what you need to do now is be still. Come on, tell them with an attitude. Be still. Quiet yourself. He said, be still and know that I am God. I'm going to be exalted among the heathen. I'm going to be exalted in all of the earth. I'm closing now because my time is gone. But I stopped by to tell somebody you need to be still. Hold your peace and let the Lord fight your battle and know that God is God and that God is an awesome God. That God is a loving God. That God is a faithful God. That God he is your refuge and your strength. God's people need to be still. You need to cease from your fretting and all of your agonizing and learn that God is in control of your destiny. Be still and know. The word know means to know by experience. And I'm just wondering, is anybody here that know God by experience? You know what he can do. You know he's a healer. You know he's a way maker. You know that you know he's a lawyer in the courtroom. He's a doctor in the sick room. He's a bridge. I don't want to preach too hard. He's a bridge over your troubled waters. Tell your neighbor, I know. Tell him, I know God. I know him for myself. Because Israel had experienced God's faithfulness in the past. They can now trust God in their present. I'm done. But is there anybody here that will declare that I trust I trust in God don't play with me I trust him with my whole life all that I am all I ever hope to be all that I'm yours Lord somebody ought to jump up and say, I'm yours, Lord. Hey! 
I'm trying to close y'all. Sit down. To know means I know from experience. I know where he brought me from. I know from experience that it was nobody but God. Do I got some nobody but God folk? You know you had nothing to do with it. Your money wasn't enough. Your skills wasn't enough. Who you knew wasn't enough. It was nobody. Somebody ought to shout, but God, but God. Say, but God, but God. But God. When I almost let go, he held me close. When I almost lost my mind, he transformed my mind. Say yes. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. But the word still, I got to tell you now, the word still means more than standing still. Sometimes you got to stand still and see the salvation of God. Sometimes you just got to stop. Stand still. Woo! I need three people to jump up and just stand still. Hurry up. Stand still. Sit down. Woo! Sometimes y'all be thinking this is entertaining, but somebody stood up just then and the Holy Ghost healed you. 